The Ringers Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. We made it. This season is over. I'm here to discuss it with my compatriot, Van Lathan. Hey, buddy. What's up? How are you? You know, I got my second vac shot yesterday, so I'm really sorry this podcast is late. It was worst case scenario, but when you get the vax, you just you can't control the timing, you know? Yeah, it's tough. So how do you feel? Do you feel protected? Do you feel like there's a suit of armor over the world? I do. I feel lucky to have gotten the vax. I had an underlying condition that allowed me to get it so early. Right. And um, yeah, I, I feel lucky, but let's move on. It's not about me. Let's talk <laughs> about this finale. We'll get into that, the actual episode itself, but we just got to start with after the final rose. Van, on higher learning a few weeks ago, you said you demanded to be on a podcast to discuss yeah. America's reaction to this show. And we'll discuss America's reaction, but what is Van's reaction to this hour hosted by Emmanuel Acho? Some of the most grueling television that you can watch this side of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it, it, At least, it, it, and, that, and that's got like, you know, a lot of really hot actors in it. Right. You know, you know what I mean? You, you remember watching Vin Diesel in Saving Private Ryan where he gets popped by a sniper? And he's trying to give the letter to mm. Giovanni Ribisi and Adam Goldberg and all the rest of the guys. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like, this is brutal to watch. Yeah, That's kind of what watching After the Final Rose felt like. What a bloodletting. Oh, my God. So apparently it was three <laughs> hours long and we only got an hour. But apparently that went on for much, much, oh much longer. Oh, my Lord. God bless the children. Which would you rather see the unedited cut of Oprah interviewing Megan and Harry or Emmanuel Acho talking to Rachel Kirk Connell and Matt James? Okay, so it's only it's Oprah. The, the, and the only reason why is because I feel like Oprah would have kept the, the, the conversation going. Last <laughs> night, I tried to I tried to actually uh, take a shot every time Matt did a dramatic pause. And, so you were wasted? Yeah, I don't want to get look at me now. I got alcohol poisoned. So oh I, I feel like it would it would have flown it flowed a little bit more with Oprah, but that was that was a tough watch. That was that was hard. That was real emotion on the screen. Yeah. So I, I've just did you think that was a productive use of an hour for America? No. Why not? I, I thought it was everything that, to be honest with you, and I'm being serious now. I thought it was everything that was wrong with everything that was going on. Okay. It, it seemed, even though somewhere I, I'm pretty sure there are real emotions behind everything that's going on. 
it seems it seemed staged, it seemed contrived, it seemed like everybody involved was saving face. That goes for the network, that goes for Matt James, that goes for, you know, Rachel to a degree. She stood up there to be pummeled. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is that it it still seems like we're reckoning with being brave enough to actually face these things like human beings face them. Mm-hmm. Like Matt would have taken probably a lot of heat if he'd have been like, you know, and I'd have made jokes too if he'd have stayed with Rachel. But the 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 reality is that, you know, human beings do get past things. Sure. sure. Like they like they they do get through things. They do get over things. Not everything is a you did so I can't. And right. it seems like rather than just have the conversation about what everybody is really thinking, the platitudes seem to always win, and they won last night when I was watching that show. What? Yeah. So she said, "There's like so much here. Let's let's start with what Matt said as why they're no longer together because he he seemed like a broken man. He just seemed so sad yeah. and pained, and I, you know, I, it's very hard for me to not like just read into so much symbolism into this whole whole thing. But like, obviously, his beard." It's just like a manifestation of like Matt sort of like, I can't deal. So I'm just going to let my hair grow out. Yeah. Matt Ross, Matt Rick Ross. I call him <laughs> Matt Ross. He, he, he had, he had the Rick Ross beard to protect his, to protect his jawline. He didn't want people to see his, he didn't want people to, it, it, it was, it, it was very protective. It seemed like he was, he was actually wearing that armor right there. He didn't want people to see the emotion and it looked weird. It's not a good beard. I got to be honest with you. It's it, 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 it doesn't, <laughs> it, it, it was, Flying out of his face rather than sitting on his face. It's weird. It looks like a James Harden beard. Isn't that what James Harden has? A little different. So James Harden's beard, it, it comes out, but it... It, it goes it, down. Down. A yeah. little bit more aerodynamically. <laughs> Matt's beard was jumping out of his face. Straight out. Yeah. yeah it's kind of yeah. weird. Um, oh God, there's just so much here. So let's start with why they're not together. Matt said, essentially, that Rachel needs to learn and um, go through a process of reconciliation. And I, I think he said that that emotional weight is just not something that he can take on. What was your reaction to his explanation? Oh, uh, I, yeah, I could see that, you know. You I, have to, I agree. I was like, yeah, he's been yeah, through a lot. Yeah, like I could see that. Like that's not something that he wants to continue to deal with. And let's be honest, he hasn't known her for that that long. No. So why, why enter into something that's going to be detrimental uh, to your emotional state if for somebody that you barely know, unless if we're being honest, you know, he doesn't really know her that well. So I, I get it. But it also cuts against the premise of the entire show. <laughs> A really last, <laughs> what do you, last what do you mean by of, that? Because so it, it, you're supposed to believe that after X amount of time, and he didn't propose to her at, in the, in the final episode, but you're supposed to believe that after X amount of time, people are ready to spend their lives together. But you're also supposed to come away believing that out of X amount of time, people can't work through problems together, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what being married or being in a relationship is all about. Now, that's not to say that if you start dating somebody for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, you really like them, you think it's going somewhere, then you find all of these weird pictures and checkered past type of stuff that you wouldn't break up with them, but you also wouldn't be ready to marry them. So it's kind of like in a situation with The Bachelor, this is the most real it's ever been. Either you're ready to accept somebody. She said, I'm, she said at the, on the last episode, I will choose you every day. For they the always rest of- say that. They're always like, I choose you today. And it's like, it's like, okay, we, we all read this romance novel or saw this movie. We get it. You choose them every day. Okay, now. When you start saying stuff like that, when those when those are the emotional stakes, that means you know you, you better f- do it. Choose yeah, it every day. <laughs> yeah, and, and and vice versa. So it was interesting to see some reality injected into the reality show. Sure. Yeah, and that's I love a reality show reunion because people are kind of like they usually film it X number of months after most of. Uh, photography principal photography if that term is used reality tv is done and so they come back with sort of like either grievances to air or 
feuds that are still simmering. And so I typically love a finale. Like the Andy Cohen hosts these, or not a finale, reunions. Andy Cohen hosts reunions for the Housewives. And they're mm-hmm. awesome. They're right. like better than the show themselves. And like you watch the show for the reunion. This one though has such a like strict premise that you either, like there's only like two outcomes, right? Like you're either like happy together or you're not happy, even if like you're still together. And I think that that constricts what can happen in this forum, which is like, turns it into a, a bit of a farce anyway. I think what was so bizarre about this, but I also found like kind of compelling is that Emmanuel Acho has like stepped in as sort of like, they've shattered this fourth wall. They're like, here's an outsider. He started off being like, this is because I'm here. It's the most dramatic finale of all time. And that's correct. And it's sort of like, they're trying to have both of like this, like process starting a televised process of reconciliation while also trying to be like Matt and Rachel, where does your love story stand? And it's right. like confusing, right? Yeah. It's very confusing because once again, they're talking at you and not really talking to you. Mm-hmm. Everything that they're doing shows you that things aren't right in bachelor world. Right. It's like WandaVision. It's like, yeah. we're, we're like we're watching it and we see, we know that there are glitches, but they're acting like everything's okay. You, you know, but for me, I like those reunion shows, too, because you, the reunion shows are realer than the actual shows. Yeah. And the fact that this one was realer than the actual show just showed you what a precarious position Bachelor Nation is right now. It was no fun to watch. It was no. dour. It was sour. It had none of the pomp and circumstance. And I and I just imagined everybody at home that could not have been what they wanted on the screen last night i'm sure the fans of the bachelor the same ones that have been tearing me a new one i'm sure they are seething i'm sure people are seething they just want their show back because it, because it's too heavy or because there's or because like they were talking about race which i mean race i think these conversations are heavy but like is there even a way to separate those i guess is a question no i mean look it, it well, one way would have been to actually confront the issue and not... What do you mean by that? So last night, they made it seem like all of this stuff is just Matt and Rachel's problem. And mm-hmm. it's the stuff that they had to work out. Well, obviously, that's not true, right? Because Emmanuel Acho is there because this is literally all they talked about. They didn't really talk about too much about Matt and Rachel's relationship or any of that stuff like that. Like, it, it obviously, that's not true. So... Really, the real way to have done that would would be to have scrap. In my opinion, would be that would be to have scrapped the after the final rose sort of format. Scrap mm-hmm. that, and instead of after the final rose, this is gonna sound crazy and stupid, but this is how Van's wacky brain works. Have Chris, Rachel, Matt, Rachel Lindsay, everybody there, Taylor everyone that's been caught up in all of this stuff, mm-hmm. everybody on there and just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just, and, just and like, just like everyone just goes at it. I, I don't what, think that's crazy. I think Taylor is separate from this personally, but we can come back to that. Right. Well, she just kind of, she, she got caught into the whole milieu of it. So she's, she's a part of the, I ran a file of people and, you know, obviously in in much more aggressive and disgusting ways, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but Taylor's old tweets are so offensive to so many different groups. It's right. like it's yeah. like pan hatred, essentially. Right. I don't yeah. I don't even know how to put how else to put it. But like that is and made made worse by her being um so aggressive and how she per- yeah yeah in, in in her response. I mean, what she has said is like absolutely horrible. But in, in many ways, Taylor's kind of like doing her own thing. She's got a podcast. I, Taylor's like not in my world. Like I'm like, I, I was like, this is gross and horrible, but like, she's not someone we talk about because she's not really in my bachelor sphere. Personally, okay, I don't fair, her pod. Fair enough. So, but everyone who then is caught up in the eye of the hurricane here, mm-hmm. just discuss it. If not, if, if not for the whole show, if not for the whole show, then just for a little while, Instead of right. hiding it and pretending like we're talking about what it is we're not talking what we're talking about. First of all, we all knew for a long time that that Matt was going to pick Rachel. That was yeah. the worst kept secret in the world. So we all knew that they weren't together anymore. 
you know? And so all of this stuff was just, it was just like watching a car wreck, you know, is going to happen five minutes in the future. Right. That really makes you crazy. When you slow down to watch the car wreck that hasn't even happened yet. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, here are the people with broken bones. Let's check them out. So, so, but to me, there's another way to view that. You can actually get out and start helping the people and calling someone and be a part of the process of healing. And it just doesn't seem like they want to do that. It seems like everybody's covering their asses. Yeah, the show, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I also, I felt so sad for Matt, but I was just sort of like, I don't even know where he stands on this. Like, I, I maybe he did explain it, but it, it seems like, you know, there's such a big emphasis on Matt's body language. His brother is talking about it. Uh, we'll come back to his brother. I know that you're a fan of John the Scorpio. John the and- Scorpio. <laughs> But he he was commenting on Matt's body language. And I thought there was a couple of moments that I was just like, this is so, so uncomfortable. Rachel grabs his hand Uh and she's trying to like be like intimate. (laughs) And like, it's like she like read a book on like touch his hand and it will form connection. And Uh it's like come clueless or something. Um, I actually remember (laughs) when I was younger, someone was like asking me if I indicated my interest in this guy, but they're like, did you touch his arm? And I was like, I don't know. Anyway, it's just like, it's just like a thing, right? right? So she does that. And then he starts explaining why he can't be with her. And it's like, and he basically says, it's because I had to explain to you why your social media is problematic. And he like pulls his, pulls his hand back in that moment. And I just, I was like, that does speak volumes. He's sort of like, I cannot be physically engaged with this person. So I cannot be emotionally engaged with this person either. We cannot, you know, we can't date. I, I, I thought that was like kind of fascinating. I, I just felt like the transformation of Matt from like happy go lucky ATV guy on his date with Bree to this like really um like this guy is like speaking in a very delicate way, like taking all these pauses to like process what he's thinking in real time was just like so jarring and and really sad. Did you yeah. feel it did you feel like this was just exploitation beyond the pale? Like what was your reaction to how they kind of positioned Matt as this sort of as telling the story. I think he was a little in over his head, you know, and not to diss him, but he just was a little in over his head. We're, we're super pro Matt here. He seems yeah. like a nice guy. who's trying to like work through all of it. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like a, when you're, when you're given an interview after the game, you caught a couple of touchdowns and they say, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Hey, you know, I was just, I was just out there. My teammates were blocking for me. They were blocking. Yeah. Okay? And then so because my teammates were blocking, that allowed me to get one-on-one with the linebackers. And when I get one-on-one <laughs> with the linebacker, it's trouble for the linebacker, you know? Okay, but what did you see on this play? I saw my teammates were blocking for me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And since they were blocking, that allowed me to get one-on-one with the line. And you start to go, hey, this guy doesn't have another pitch. This is his. Yeah. This is what, this is this his is thing. His one this, play. This is his one play. And so I, with Matt, it doesn't even, this whole thing, might be a pitch he doesn't have in his repertoire. These might be, and the thing is, these might be things that Matt is reconciling for the first time in his life. He's been around a lot of people, and maybe he hasn't had to come to terms with some of the ways that they acted or some of the things that they did, or maybe he was able to come to terms with the things that those people were doing in a much more personal and private way that didn't have to play out in front of everybody on television. So yeah. Not everything he said had to be the right thing to say. Not everything he did had to do the had to be the right thing to do, you mm-hmm. know. And so in this situation, I saw him more than anything not speaking confidently, like searching, scanning his brain for the right way to look, seem, act, behave. And like anytime you watch somebody do that, it's 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 uncomfortable to watch because you you're you, what you're saying in your city is you're like, look. I'm glad I'm not him, you know? Yeah. And like pulling back from her is like, look, I don't want anyone to think that I'm in any way of associated with anything that she's about right now. So if she tries to, on a human level, you have to show that. So I have mm-hmm. to have a visceral reaction to her touching me, which is to say, no, you're a leper. It's just weird. And it's it's sad for everyone. Sad. I felt bad for her, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I don't know what we do with her. I don't know what we do with a lot of these people because I have, you know, she has tried to make it clear that she is doing the work, as they uh-huh. say. Doing the work has now like become a cliche, right? It's like you can't even. Yeah. It's like, it's like, can't what even is use the it. work? What is the yeah. work? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, 
I guess like for her, it was like preparing to meet Emmanuel Acho by reading his book and like Instagramming about it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what work she's doing. Actually, what did you think about that response when he asked her, like, what have you been doing to learn? And she's like, I won't list it. What did you think about that? Like, would it have been better if she'd been like, this is what I'm reading and this is who I'm studying? I got to be honest with you. It's just not that much work to do. <laughs> like, I, we're all acting like it's so weird. And this is part of what what not having these conversations as people kind of makes us do. We acting like there's some blackology book <laughs> that you can read. Yeah, it's called White Fragility. It was number one on Amazon. Yeah, look, go listen. I'm joking. Look, listen, man. I know, I get it. Read all of them. Read cast, read how to be an anti-racist. There's nothing that you can read to make you more human. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can make you more human is other humans. Right. Like, you can understand things, right? If she wants to understand why all of those parties and things like that affect and hurt people so much, then yeah. But she's not going to be able to understand anything about me or anything about Matt or anything about Rachel Lindsay or anything about anybody else by doing anything other than connecting with them. Right. And being a part of, of the social experiment that is America, which is supposed to elevate everyone's sense of freedom and agency, right? And you have to be a part of that. You have to be an active part of that. Or you can just go live your life. And so you can say, hey, I made a mistake. I didn't. That's the frustrating thing. The frustrating thing is if I'm working with somebody, like if, if and those pictures pop up from that party, I go, yo, you know why this is all fucked up? And after you say, yeah, man, I really didn't know. That's like not a thing. Quick story. Seth Roller. I don't know if I've ever told you the story before. I don't think you have. A guy that went to my school back in the day. Good kid, right? Mm -hmm. Had a had a, uh, a a Confederate flag mm -hmm. uh, sticker on the back of his truck, right? Okay. And I had been knowing Seth for a long time. For a long time, I had been knowing Seth. So I see that I see it. I, I didn't realize it was there. Like, but I saw it on the back of his truck, and I'm like, "Yo, man!" And I look at our point. I, well, we're 15, 16 at the time. I'm like, "Yo, man, what's this?" Like, what you trying to say? And he was like, yeah, man, Southern pride. Like, mm -hmm. we're Southern men and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, 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 Seth, this is what this means to me. Blah, 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 blah. I don't go over there, kick him in his nuts, punch his face loose, and say, yo, take this off or call him a bunch of names. I remember I just talked to him about this, right? I told him about it very directly, told him what that meant to me and what he was saying to me in a very, very direct and emotional way. Didn't make it simple for him. I didn't make it easy for him. When I was leaving, I looked over and Seth, who I had known since the sixth grade, was scratching the sticker off the back of his car. And the, the next day, we're at baseball practice and he goes, hey, bro, like, man, my, my I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, did he have to go around and like and talk to everybody and make a big show about it? No. Two people discussing. So... I don't know what she has to do, but it, it wasn't after the final rose. Yeah, it was tough. I, I think that just her immaturity and ignorance was so much on display last night. And in a lot of ways, just like I know she doesn't she's not conscious of like there was this one moment where John the Scorpio is asking her about how Matt makes her feel. And she's like, it's so overwhelming uh -huh. when I'm around him. Like, I just can't. He should, she said, when I'm around him, I can't breathe. Like, just kind of like that. All of this stuff where I'm just Jerry sort of McGuire. like. Yeah. And I also, you know, again, uh -huh. I don't want to like read too much into it, but the I can't breathe things just sort of popped out to me. I was watching with subtitles on my second rewatch and I right. was just like, it's just uh, this, this, yeah, yeah, it's just like her sort of using that phrase to discuss how she feels about this guy she met two months ago when that is now a phrase associated with police brutality is just speaks to her ignorance right and like she has uh -huh. no idea and I, I probably i might be assigning too much meaning to that but it was like poignant to me it like it really stood out that that's like a phrase that she used and i was just like this person doesn't know anything like she just is ignorant and i think that you're to your point people and and the show reinforces last night like suggest there's like a playbook to like getting over racism where it's like obviously daily and right. just like part of like living life of having new people new experiences in it um and I, i'm doing the work is the new i'm going to rehab <laughs> it is it's true it's true because back in the it's day when, when mel gibson lost his fucking mind 
and said some of the illest shit that any human being has ever said. Do you know what he told people? He's like, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to rehab. I'm like, what the fuck does that got to do with anything? Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? But And that's what people say now. You, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You want to say no, something? No, no, no. I, I I agree with you. And I think someone like Mel Gibson, similar to Chris Harrison, and the, obviously what Chris Harrison said was not as openly hateful in any way. Right. And that's who Mel Gibson is. That's why, like, I don't care if you go to rehab. And I hope that you do change. But, like, Mel Gibson, I believe that's who you are. And I think that you probably were drunk and lost your filter when you were driving and spoke to this policewoman in an incredibly disgusting matter. Well, he doubled down. Mel Gibson Gibson had sequels. He had that one. He fucking made Passion of the Christ, dude. Yeah. So he, 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 Mel Gibson kept, it wasn't, Mel Gibson was like, look, man, (laughs) he just had a whole, I'm going to be honest with you. Mel Gibson had a racism run, yeah. like the Warriors, <laughs> and, and, and like like the two thousands. He because like he had several different iterations. It was him when he was just by himself. He was Steph Curry. He was doing it all on his own. Then this he had is a mean to Steph Curry. Come on, take his name out of it. All right, right. I'm just saying. But like, and then he clicked up. He brought the people on. He had a team with Passion of the Christ, where he just made. The, uh, my Jewish brothers and sisters look terrible. And then after that, he went and free, brought a free agent signing into it. Black people, yeah. we weren't even involved in the <laughs> the, the anti semitism. But then he went and signed black people in and brought us in when he was talking to Oksana. He it was it was crazy. But then he said, "Look, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to rehab. Now I'm going to rehab. Is I'm going to do the work. Yeah, this ethereal black education dimension that exists somewhere out there in in, in cyberspace." Yeah, it's and it's basically just a cop out now. And it's like it's just such a stupid thing to say. Um, I thought, you know, Emmanuel Acho and Matt were talking one on one at one point, And Emmanuel Acho was saying, like, I am aware that, like, by being on TV, I might be the only black man that some people come into contact hate with it. each hate day. It. Hate that stupid shit. Hate it. No. Why? Hell no. Look, bruh, stop that shit. Like, I hated that. Like Matt's like, yo, I gotta do this. I know I might be only the only black person. Stop fucking saying that. It's not 1955, man. There's no uh, there. It it it. No, hell no. The president was black for eight years. I know people like erase Barack Obama from a lot of the discourse. Like, what's super going? Weird. Like what's what's going on? No, there's not. No, you don't have to do that. You you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to act like I'm the only black. You don't owe that to anybody. You first of all, you never did. You just don't owe that to nobody. Stop that. You god damn it. That pissed me off. Like, stop saying that. Stop acting like you have to be an avatar for an entire group of people who uh, may not think like you. Yeah, it's live not a like you. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, go out and be you and stop. Stop. That's the kind of thing that makes us look. That was the that that part was actually offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Like you don't don't do that. Like I realize that I might be the only black person. No, you don't have to realize nothing. You're an American. You were born here. You have the same rights and privileges and, that everybody else has. And it's about making other people recognize that. Not acting like you have to be some sort of specific example to anything. That was weird. Yeah. Right. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, 
view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I, I also think that like this, it gets back to a problem with this season, which is we know so little about Matt and Emmanuel Acho just sort of like parachuted in and he doesn't have like a, a history with the show where they <sighs> say things that feel like really big admissions or like really big statements, but because you don't know anything about them, you don't really know how to like process it. You don't really know like what is, what is Emmanuel Acho's life? Like what is Matt's life? Like where he might feel that way. He like Matt, like alluded to the South and growing up there and like how, um, this whole experience has like brought things back for him, but I don't really know what that means. And I think to your point about not wanting to like assume everyone's the same, I don't want to assume Matt's experience is the same as anyone else's. I grew up in Baton Rouge. It means nothing. Mm -hmm. That like, well, I'm not going to say what it means for him, but what like I I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the deep South, the, Hey, it's Saturday. Let's go to an antebellum home South. Like Mm -hmm. that's the South I grew up with in the, the, the real South South. And it's they're black people. They're white people. There's, if anything, an uneasy truce and all this unreconciled history. And the reason why it's unreconciled is because we refuse to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Van, I know know you personally. So I also can say that I know that you are willing to have like legitimately tough conversations. You'll talk about any of this with anyone, don't you think? I don't want to tell you who you are. That's one of the reasons I like having you on this podcast. You'll talk about anything. I I enjoy uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. (laughs) I do too. I really do too. I I, I don't mind a little conflict. I'm just like, let's talk about it and work through it. Let's get it out. I I do like it, in fact. But I I think that that it's sort of like easy to say with this season, and I want to talk about the actual episode in a second, but sort of easy to say with this season that like the outside mess overtook the show. But Uh I don't think the outside mess could have overtaken the show if the show was better. But like, this is an all-time bad season of The Bachelor. You haven't watched The Bachelor before, so you you don't know that. But this is an all-time bad season of The Bachelor. We spent five weeks on Mean Girls. And then we spent like five weeks on who, like how is it possible that Matt has any relationships? Who are these people? And it being like very clear that there's like all these great personalities that we're not learning about, possibly including Matt. I, I I have no idea. And so like, it was so weird watching Matt's family talk to these two women because it's just like the most basic conversation. There there were so little as interesting about it. Michelle is like, lovely and like adored by fans. So I think she'll be a good bachelorette, but I was just like, okay, it's week 11 and we're finally seeing her personality. I took after the final rose for us to get like a non blooper reel of her roasting Matt. She clearly likes to roast people like show more of that. That's entertaining. But like, this was an all time bad season. I I can't even like point to any highs. I, I, I feel like any minute from the Clarentasia season was better than any minute from Matt season. More entertaining. Yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard for me. And, you know, Rachel warned me about this. She was like, it, this first season of The Batch is going to be tough for you. It was just it was tough for me to be invested week after week after week, especially when it paled in comparison to the drama that was happening outside of the show. The show seemed anticlimactic every week after a certain time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, you know, is is we know that they're playing bubble basketball. Because, like, they're in one spot and they can't move around. And I think for, for me to be watching it for the first time, it really stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah, it stood out to me, too. I mean, I I was like, I miss the, like, they usually do a finale, like, uh, over a cliff somewhere, like, over the Mediterranean, some beautiful ocean. They've, they've gone right. to Bora Bora in the past. Like, it's been dope. And this is just, like, we're stuck at Nemecolon. It's, like, snow is the only differentiator between the beginning of the season and the end of the season. P.S. End of the season was like mid to late November in Pennsylvania. I'm like, is it snowing already in Pennsylvania where it's sticking at that point? That's rough. In November? A a long, very long winter. I don't know very much about snow. I moved from Louisiana to California, so I'm not sure about the dynamics of snow. It's exciting. It takes the, it means the ground needs to be a certain cold for the snow to stick around, though. So I was I was surprised by that. But um, what do you think of John the Scorpio and having seen him outside of his music videos for the first time? He's the best. <laughs> he seems so uninterested in this experience. Yeah, I loved the, it. <laughs> he's the best. I expected John John Scorpio to roll the blunt and smoke it right there. He's the best. He was. I like Matt's mom as well. Matt's mom had that energy. 
Yeah, like, she, she, she was like, what are you doing, son? She, Matt's mom, look, told me a lot about Matt's mom. <laughs> it, make, it all makes sense now, okay? Matt's mom had that energy. She reminded me of my mom a little bit. She was like, this shit is a lot of bullshit. Like, I don't know, what, like, what are you doing? People fall in and out of love. This ain't love. This is some kind of weird thing. I loved it, but I also John the Scorpio just kind of like, he seems like, because uh, I've been critical of Matt because Matt didn't, hasn't been promoting John the Scorpio. <laughs> he's not a good brother. I Honestly, Matt acts like he's an orphan. If you only know Matt from like his social media and the show, he acts like he has like literally no ties. Like he's just like, I don't know, straight out of the orphanage. Right. And John the Scorpio got music that actually knocks it's actually dope. Check it out on YouTube, everybody. Check out John Scorpio's music. He's a big, good-looking fellow with music that actually knocks, and Matt's not supporting him. So I think John Scorpio was getting his little shit off a little bit. You know, like it's just trying to like, you know, yo. And I was I'm glad that he was able to get out there. But that was my favorite part of the entire deal because that was an interaction that seemed genuine and real. And you get really? those on the show. Well, yeah, to me, yeah. John seemed like he was reading lines when he was talking to Michelle and to Rachel. It seemed like he was like reading off of cue cards. I'm just like, is this a Saturday Night Live sketch? Like, is there someone back there holding it up for him? I see what you mean like, like that. But I think when I'm talking about more so is the family energy, the fact that they sure. didn't seem like they were exactly with it all. And I don't know how that, the only thing I remember about this is we covered on TMZ when uh, Jordan Rogers brought mm the girl back and they left an empty seat for Aaron Rodgers. I just thought that was so hilarious. <laughs> the Rodgers family is like super messed up. Oh my yeah. God. They've got it, mad issues. They, uh, we t- covered that on TMZ and I was like, yo man, this producer needs to win an Emmy. <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> well, the show used to be more fun and they could do shit like that. Like they could, ex- that you could feel you would have fun with the fact that this, super famous quarterback's family that he does not speak to is on television right now. And like that used to be fun. This is like just an absolute exploitative slog. It's just like, no, we're not having, we're not having fun here and we need to bring this fun back. Right. Because that was the other thing about Matt's mom. I, she seems like a lovely woman, but she also cried a lot, which is a, which is a hallmark of the bachelor. We accept tears here. It's not, not a weakness, but it definitely was like, okay, his mom's just very emotional. And you know, she's just sort of like being a mom, but for some reason it wasn't fun tears. I wasn't like looking to make fun of Patty, you know, I'm like, I'm just like here to be like, good job, Patty. You know, I, I I hope you guys all make this through because it seems like Matt is really struggling. I don't know. It just was not fun. Patty is a Patty is both an amazing white mom name. Mm-hmm. Like if like if black kid white mom. Patty is a that's a that's a A1 uh like white mom. Patty and Jennifer. Mm, so Jennifer. A, lot of, a lot of the biracial kids that I knew uh growing up and I knew a ton and shit, they got it worse than anyone growing up in the deep south. Why they <laughs> uh, and they would uh their moms would be like Patty or Jennifer and they would have that little upswoop hairstyle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People yell at them at Piggly Wiggly because of their kids and stuff like that. Uh, but Is Piggly Wiggly a restaurant? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm as Northern as they come. As I've said on this podcast, I've lived in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and that's it. <laughs> <sighs> What's Piggly Very. Wiggly? <laughs> Piggly Wiggly is a supermarket. Oh, my God. I love supermarkets. Is it a good one? No. Oh. It's not, but it's a staple. It's How does a staple. It, where would it fall in the hierarchy of supermarkets in Los Angeles? There's a clear hierarchy of supermarkets in Los Ooh, Angeles. Okay, so let's say we're so we're going from John's to to, to Pavilions or John to Gelson's? John, I, I think Gelson's, but like Gelson's is so ridiculous. Gelson's, Erewhon, and Whole Foods, not even in the conversation. Let's just knock them out. So I would say that uh, Piggly Wiggly is uh, less than Vaughn's. Okay. Like okay. Less, not John's. Okay. But less than Vaughn's. Now, it also depends because there are some Piggly Wigglies where you can go and you can get like dope ass cooked food. Mm. I, lo- I love a grocery store meal. Like honestly, like grocery love store it. sushi. Yes. Grocery store oh. meatballs, chili. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's some Piggly Wigglies, but the Piggly Wiggly that we had that was near Gardier Lane on Blue Burbank 
on Burbank right there wasn't the best Piggly Wiggly, but Piggly okay. Wiggly is a is a southern supermarket chain. Yeah. Gotcha. How does it compare to Publix, which I only know because both Victoria the Queen and Jameis Winston stole from the same location in Tallahassee? Okay. Publix Publix might as well be Spago compared <laughs> to <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. Publix might as well is not no. Publix is something I didn't they, they even have Publix in in Louisiana, not when I was there, not when I was living back home, but like they had, like I go to Florida and I visit Publix, but Publix is yeah, Publix is no, Publix is different. Okay, noted. Right, just know, just know that's where the Victoria the Queen goes. Um, one <laughs> thing you don't know, but it happens frequently on the show, is that though the Bachelor only chooses one woman, he he makes both go through like this ridiculous proposal. So like one woman will come up to like the podium and and she'll have to give the speech similar to how Rachel did and be like Matt. I love you so much. From the moment uh-huh. you entered my life, everything was different. The world looked brighter. And I'm so excited to do the work with you. Like, that's the kind of shit that they say. Luckily, they didn't force Michelle through that. I was so, so relieved that he broke up with her before the proposal. Because very frequently, The Bachelor does that to a woman. And it's so cruel. And I just was like, thank God. I still thought it was cruel. Like, just watching somebody break up with someone. On television, first of all, think about what we're watching. We think we're talking. We're watching a man with multiple girlfriends. Yeah, like break up with them on a television show in front of the whole nation. This is wild <laughs> that we're doing this. It's like think about it. This is like Juliet. Let's be real. Is wild. Yeah, this it's is wild. like this is this is like my 39th trip around the Bachelor Sun. I'm like so I'm like so dead inside as a result. But I watched him do this. I watched him do that break up with her when she she actually looked like it, it hurt her feelings like it, yeah it, she was into him dude Michelle really, is yeah. genuine she's genuine she is like seems like a nice genuine person I felt for her also it was very obvious oh. I, can't, I think he said I can't get there with you which can't is a get big, there with you big yes. bachelor trope I can't get there I don't see right. us getting there right she was really into him she also seems like a way better hang than Rachel. I can't stand Rachel. I'm going to be honest. And am I, is my opinion of her bias based on everything I know? Sure. But based on what I saw on the show last night, I was like, I have no interest in hanging out with this person. Hard pass. I just right. cannot. I find her like so... Well, I guess she's... I think she's immature. But moreover, I just feel like the way she lives her life, I would like... It's like we speak different languages. I'm just like, who are you? I, I, can, I cannot stand her. I don't think I would have liked her even if I didn't know about her old South photos and all the other stuff about her. I don't know. Did you like her? Did you like, I mean, I felt sorry. I mean, I think she was all right. You can have empathy for somebody you don't like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was all right. I don't think I liked her or disliked her. I think I, the people that I liked all got whacked quick. I liked, well, not quick, but I I liked Piper. Mm, uh, Me too. I'm a huge Piper fan. Piper was my favorite. I liked Brie. I thought Brie was dope. Of course, Maggie. I thought it was great. Maggie Uh, seems great. But uh, but yeah, Rachel just, and that was another thing. It it seemed like the entire deal was almost like, oh, uh, it was, it didn't seem like she warranted this much hubbub. It wasn't she wasn't a terribly controversial or interesting character. She was just kind of there, pretty girl, mm-hmm. you know, uh, definitely cut from central casting. But I was kind of agnostic about her, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I'm just, I just need a break. The fact that we're going to get uninterrupted bachelor content basically from May through December is just very overwhelming. I liked it better when we got breaks. Like, I don't, they didn't used to have a season um, in the fall because they had dancing with stars on Mondays and now they're just like embracing it. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I no thank you. Um, Jazzy Collins, who used to be a uh, casting producer for the show. She's been on this podcast. She has her own podcast now. So check it out. She had an article. There's an article about her in, in um, New York Post yesterday. Probably is in print today if you happen to be reading it in print. I don't know who is. But anyway, she was saying that she just felt like everything about this is just like very like tokenism and just sort of like trying to just trying to like get out of the, the hot kitchen by being like, look, we have black people on the show. Yeah. And it feels similar with Michelle. Like they had cast Katie, I believe. And then they just were in so, so much trouble. So they're like, let's do Michelle too, which is great because Michelle is awesome. But again, it just feels like they're God, going through motions. Like, guys, I'm not stupid. <laughs> it, 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 it's like, it, like, guys, 
Really, seriously. I'm not stupid. I saw that last night. I'm like, oh, I thought we are. Everybody knew Katie was going to be a bachelor. Now we're going to do Michelle too. I'm telling you, you know what? Forget about. I'm happy for Michelle. I like Michelle yeah, a lot, so I'm happy Michelle. she's getting the show. But forget about. Don't don't beat around the bush. I got a new spinoff for you. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Bachelor, colon, race school. Mm. This is a spinoff to where some of the most, uh, we're talking Chris Harrison, Hannah B., uh, all of the past Bachelors that have stepped in this, uh, Bachelors, Bachelors stepped in this a little bit, they all have to go somewhere and go to race school and it's taught by, I don't know, Michelle Obama or something like that. I don't know how that's no, Do not drag that. Michelle Obama into that's this probably mess. A big, that's, that's probably not a, fair. That's probably a big get, right? And, yeah, that's and, a big get. I do, I do not want her involved. I'm sorry. Right. right. What about Meghan Markle? What about Meghan Markle? That's perfect. <laughs> that's so much better. See, that's why you're the, one of the big wigs. Like, that's perfect. That's so much better. Meghan Markle. And just, if you want to exploit it, just be direct about it. Bachelor, race school, Meghan Markle every single day, and and, and you and you watch it, and, and we and, or not even race school because that's too aggressive. How about Bachelor colon doing doing the work? The work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's a good idea. They should replace. They should actually have like in Paradise, like some kind of when they do Paradise, they should just go go full self aware. And introduce like a doing the work corner or every, every episode has like a segment of like, here's two people on the show, two white people from the show doing the work. And they're like reading with like a margarita in their hand. And it's just like, okay. Well, here's great. the thing. Where do they normally do bachelor in paradise? They, they do they it in do? Sayulita, which is near, um, it's in, it's in uh, Mexico near Puerto Vallarta. Okay. So don't do it there. Okay. Do bachelor colon making it paradise <laughs> and do it in either Gary, Indiana or Compton. And then they have to go there and they have to stay in a hotel there and they have to fix the community while finding love. Remember back in the real world days where people kept hanging around the house and not doing shit. So the, the, the people they got in the them real jobs. world, they got them jobs. No one talks about that. What happened in the real world is that, People would just hang around and not do shit. There were some people that didn't have jobs from where they're from. So they made them go get jobs. Well, so, it's funny you bring this up. Last week on the show, I had Kyle Brandt on and we talked about their job in the real world Chicago, which was like working at the parks department. But I, I actually think that's a really good point. It, it reflected a major shift in reality television, which is for the first few seasons, the people on the show didn't really know what they were doing. So they're just like, I moving to New York and I need extra money. So I'll be on the show or whatever, or I need a place to live. But then people were like, I just want to be on TV and be on the real world. Like, here's my audition tape. So they had, they had to give them jobs to give them a purpose because it was no longer like I'm Eric knees and I'm trying to be a, a, a model. I'm Heather B and I'm trying to be a rapper. Like they had, right. they, it was an important shift. This is a good idea because this bachelor has the same problem. They have all these people who come on trying to launch careers and it's like, fine, you want to be an influencer. You also need to do construction. Let's see you fix up a cafe. Exactly. Go down. I want to see Bachelor, the Bachelor in Paradise Watts. Go work at the Watts Coffee House where they have great food and help out in the community or something like that. Or how about this? Forget about all of that because those that's a joke. How about actually do something meaningful for people? Mm. You know, the because you can actually because here's the thing. I don't know if people know this. You can actually help. Yeah, you also could help and not talk about it. You could help and not put on your Instagram. Oh, you could help. You could you could actually you could actually help out. Sure. Uh, yeah, forget about the show. You could you could actually help. But I'm glad Michelle got that. But once again, it's like we see we see that we see you. Like so, I don't know, man. Michelle don't. falls in the category of people I do not want to be the lead because their life seems very nice. I'm just like you've got a job with students who love you, and I I'm just like I don't know, Michelle. Do you need this? Like it seems like you are great. Why are you doing this? I'm happy for her. I think that her season is setting up something that's that they they actively want now, which is uh this is no shade to anyone, especially definitely not to you know the, the other leads, but a bachelor season that ends up in a black couple. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's going to be like two black kids on a wedding cake, two black people on a wedding cake. 
I think the franchise probably feels like they need that, mm-hmm. you know, or they want that, you know. Uh, I think it, that's it, giving them a lot of credit. I don't know if okay. I don't know if I I agree with you that could be setting it up that way. I mean, I don't know enough about Michelle to say so, but I do. I'm not sure the show has thought that far. I don't know okay. that they think like three steps ahead because uh, no, there's no evidence that they do. You know, I hope they do. I hope things will change. And and, uh, you know, almost a year ago at this point, I really naively was like the most important thing for the show to change is in casting. They need to have more representation. And that was like clearly wrong. Like casting is so not enough. So hopefully they are approaching these new seasons with different people behind the scenes and different producers who will bring a different um, perspective and life experience and race to this show. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, whatever happens, I hope it happens for the right reasons. I hope that things happen and there's no such thing as allies uh, looking down the barrel of a gun. You can't mm-hmm. put a gun in somebody's back and make them want better for you. You just can't. It, it just breeds resentment, um, and resentment is not the way that we move forward. So everything that everybody is doing, I just sincerely hope that they want to do it. And I, that, that goes to show, look, I've said it before, I had a lot of fun with this in terms of being adjacent to the Bachelor Nation and stuff being like that. Being a batchy, yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. But at the same time, you know, it's... You see the growing pains that the show is going through and you understand how people just want to watch the show and 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 kind of zone out a little bit. When people would, when people would say, hey, I want my sports without all the politics, I would think, well, you don't get to dictate that. But at the same time, I understand the sentiment. Mm-hmm. I understand the sentiment of just wanting to watch the Lakers. Just wanting to get your mind off of it. I get it. I Nobody understands it more than me. You think I don't want to get my mind off of it? But the reality is, it's not my reality. I can't get my mind off of it. So if we you know, hold hands and get through the slog of it and, and actually try to, to assure each other that we're trying to work together, then that's we can do that. But I, I don't think the show has done anything except uh, try to protect the brand which is the most American way to deal with the problem. The most American way to deal with the problem, this particular problem is to go, we're going to do nothing but make sure we look good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, and by the way, that doesn't mean I, if they turn the corner and if there's nothing wrong, the bachelor ain't canceled, man. Ain't nobody even thinking about canceling the bachelor. You know how the problems we have, nobody thinking about canceling The Bachelor. Nobody thinking about canceling Chris Harrison. I'm sure some people are, but the reality, the reality is Chris Harrison will be back. I don't know. I'm not sure he will. I'm not positive. All right. Well, I don't think it's a lock. I'm not saying he won't be, but I do not think it's a lock based on um, how this went. I, I'm going to be think, honest with you. I don't think he did anything to lose his job forever for. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think he he stuck his, his privileged foot in his mouth and he's saying, I don't think he did anything to lose his job forever for. I don't. I think he should have a co-host. I, I've said this to Rachel. I think that he should not be like the only face of the franchise. And I don't even know who I don't even have another co-host in mind. But like, I, actually, I want to get petty. Just allow me to get petty for, sure, for get two petty. seconds. For a few Tom. seconds. First of all, Chris Harrison's dye job last night, his hair. It was glaring. <laughs> it was super weird. I was just like, they okay. can do better. Is this, a, is this a problem? Is it because they're not in Los Angeles? They don't know how to do this. But I was just like, <laughs> they made him look old in a weird way. I was just uh-huh. like, this is like adding insult to injury. I just, I find this weird. He's never looked like this on the show before. And if I were him, I would deserve better. I would demand better. Number one. Uh, so you didn't like that? I, I don't even know if I liked it or didn't like it, but I was just like, this is weird. This is like, I've never really actually thought about like, are they dying Chris Harrison's hair before? And I did last night. So there's that. Number two. Emmanuel Acho, his suit did not fit properly. No, it's too small. I and did he? It's like is this a wedding dress situation where he had a fitting a few weeks ago and then like stuff changed? Like you know, women like diet and then their wedding dress doesn't fit or the other way around, whatever. I was just like Emmanuel Acho's outfit did not fit properly, and I think we could do better in Los Angeles. We've got tailors. Let's do better. I'm against. I'm normally against biceps in a suit. I don't think it. You know. I'm normally against suit biceps. I would get my suit because, you know, I have bulging 24-inch pythons like uh, like Hulk Hogan. And so I, I would, uh, it's just hard to contain my rockish frame. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but I but I work hard. I don't like biceps in a suit. It, it, it looks like you look like a cartoon supervillain. Uh, Matt's suit fit so much better. So I'm like, I know that someone there can do right. this. Matt looked phenomenal. But I Matt loved is, his suit, his tie. Matt is like a pretty, I'm not gonna lie, man. Matt is, Matt is, <laughs> Matt, Matt's hot. got the, yeah, Matt, Matt's got the, that's the, that type of lean, efficient, look, look I'm about to sound like just men's fitness now. <laughs> that type of lean, but muscular, efficient, that's perfect. Like yeah, that's Matt, like, yeah. Matt is a, phys- Matt is a perfect physical specimen. Like he, no doubt yeah, it doesn't, it. it doesn't, yeah. I'm not even well, he, gonna lie. He man. works Shout for it. I just want to say, I appreciate that we see that Matt, fucking exercises constantly to look that way. I appreciate the honesty of not being like, look, just woke up like this. So thank right. you, Matt. <laughs> right. You know, so, and but, you know, Emmanuel Acho is, is like you, is one of those guys you can see is the outlines of his pecs in his suit. It's not, that's not the way it's supposed No, don't do that. And it, also, I love Emmanuel. It wasn't, I don't feel like he did the best job. I thought was, he did a good job, honestly. Okay. I thought he did a good job. Right. Why Why don't you think he did a good job? It just, I thought it was, you know, it wasn't even him because he is a dynamite television personality. He is, way. man. He pops off the screen. Yeah, he's a dynamite television personality. I just think that that, that wasn't the role. The right. that, it wasn't a home game. That was an away game. And it just, and it, it felt like when he was playing at somebody else's gym. Mm-hmm. But no one could have done better. No one. I don't. I think, given the t- the tough job, he crushed it. I honestly, well, I think he, the only person that perhaps could have done better is Oprah. And I may be Pauly Shore. <laughs> Someone just totally ignorant. Pauly Shore, as Encino Man, perhaps as Encino Man, maybe get the wa- 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 weasel in there and give him a shot at it. Maybe Pauly Shore. I I thought I thought Acho give, given everything did a good job. I don't keep calling him Acho. Is it like, I don't know why I don't, maybe I just call him by his full name. Like I do Matt James. Anyway, um, I will just say also like knowing that it was three hours long. I'm very curious about like what else he did. And cause they chose to include silences, which is awkward. Uh, that's a bachelor move for the finale. They've done that before. Um, but I thought he did a good job. Mm. Okay. Just given the difficulty of the role, and I yeah. mean, like this is the, this is the first time in thirty nine seasons of The Bachelor plus Bachelorette where it's not been this one guy in that spot. So yeah. that's really hard to come in and do. It is, it is, man. And you know what? You you've convinced me. I just I don't think it was him at all. I think it was actually the role itself. Yeah, it's a shitty yeah. role. Yeah, it's like it's like he's like being asked to be the janitor to like come in and clean up this mess. It's not his mess in any way, right? But I thought he did a good job, Van. I truly love talking about this shit with you. Thank you so much for coming oh, on this podcast. No problem. No problem. For, for more Van Lathan, check out Higher Learning. And, Higher Learning, uh, yeah. And um, hopefully you'll be back, even if you're not watching The Bachelor. I, I'm really into the real world. Having Kyle on last week was like such a delight. And so I'm just going to be going to back into the archives. So perhaps... Did you watch um, Real World New Orleans either time that they were there? Come and be my baby, my baby tonight. tonight. <laughs> I've seen the way you treated other thugs you've been with. Come, Come and on, be, be my, my baby, baby tonight. tonight. Do you know you can't find it? Yeah, I was going to say that's not what? online. <laughs> Why? Yo, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't have Paramount Plus yet. I do. Dude, does Paramount Plus have all the old rocking jobs? No. All I'm not. No, fuck, it's no, fucking upsetting. Fuck, no. Challenge starts like season 12 and there's been like well, 35. It's so crazy. And what, they, they're missing. They have real world seasons one, two, three, and then four to 11 are gone. And four to 11 are the best seasons. So why, why? Why? What's wrong? I think it must be a licensing issue with the music played on the show, but I'm not positive. I'll have to look. I'm going to look into it because it's, it's an outrage because that means we're missing in order. I'm going to flex London, Miami, Boston, Seattle, Hawaii, New Orleans, back to New York, Chicago. And those are all fire the, seasons. The best seasons. Yes, the best. I don't know. I'm pissed. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Back on Thursday with Wesley Morris, who watched like for the first time. Brilliant, man. Yeah, brilliant. I'm going to flex again. He's a good friend. So I'm looking forward to it. Check out Van on Higher Learning. That's up already. And I'm sure he and Rachel will talk about the Bachelor finale on Friday. So check that out as well. And um, thanks so much for making it through this season. Matt James, hope you're doing okay. Wish nothing but the best for you. And Rachel, keep on doing that work. Yeah. Keep on doing the work, Rachel. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.